Welcome back, my friends, to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holden and Paul Lewis. Hey, guys. Hey there. Wait, so, convention you look, you're a mechanic today? I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, my dream. My dream is to have a little garage that I can just pull one of my cars in and tinker on it and then take it for a drive and complain how I didn't actually fix anything and then bring it back and tinker again. Yeah. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I have visited a house with you with a massive garage. I think even had lifts in it, right? Yeah. Car lifts in it. Yeah. Yeah, that sound that looked like a dream for you. It was. It was. It was unfortunately it was in Atlanta, so not quite quite as dreamy as I wanted. But right. just I love that house. So conference season is starting. Convention yes. season. What do we call this? Conference season. Um, I am I am firmly convinced in the like 250 conferences i've been to that you could get it people to do almost anything in exchange for swag right <laughs> so so uh, i have to imagine paul you're like me what kind of swag do you bring home exactly zero swag okay. i don't even get a bag I, I bring home very little swag. the only swag i bring home is ooh, my daughter will like that <laughs> right. the totality of it right and when somebody goes hey do you want to enter for our nintendo switch no i have four of those like the only, right. I, I will say I have entered for some awesome Lego set. Like they got the Death Star, they got the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I'm waiting around for that. Sure, why not? Right. Otherwise, there's no swag I bring. What what about you, Carlos? Do you bring home any swag? I actually I am a SWAT whore. <laughs> I, I, I I do based the, on the shells behind you, you, we could probably yeah, I do the, the turnaround a couple of times. I remember that there was um, there was one time in one of the conferences and I got a ticket and one of my friends was leaving. I said, ah, I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay for this. And they literally, he's walking out and they call his number. It was a Ducati bike. Wow. I'm like, this is your number. Come on. So, uh, yeah, anything that goes in, my wife loved the shirts. Uh, my son get the shirts or all the little things. Uh, she actually packed some of those to take it to her family and to give it away. So I'm like, okay, give me all the shirts. Give me all the things. Uh, yeah. I literally, if I had a, lately, they're, they're doing right coffee. Now. Lately, they're doing coffee. Well, that's coffee so that, I'll stand in line for. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what was it? Uh, uh, DevOps world. I think it was, they had um, like, like all these boutique coffee stations set up. Where if you waited in line, they would make you a, a far better than Starbucks cup of coffee. Nice. Um, I did that like eleven times. I would randomly wave to people in a booth. I'd go, "Hey, hey, I'm in line four, four, okay." And it was just me. I was the only person at the conference. <laughs> so I'd go up and I go, "I need four. We need two of these and two of these." And they, okay. I've actually bartered for my time. So I was at a SAP conference recently, and they had, you know, a section in there that was specifically on the we'll call it the um, uh, like the news side of SAP and they had a stage and they said, Hey Paul, could you come up and speak for a bit? I said, happy to do that for the privilege. I require unlimited coffees from your barista. That's right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they said, no problem. Here you go. Here's your role. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Yep. That's yep. fine. I'm I, a big fan. I don't blame you. Um, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I'm not a, I'm not a, and my, my, my only problem with swag is, well, one, it comes home and then it just goes in a box or drawer or 
something. Um, like most of it's the same stuff we've been receiving year over year. But but also, uh, I don't want to have to figure out how to pack it in my suitcase. Like that. <laughs> right. pretty tight. I don't want to have to add another thing. Bringing it home sucks. The, the exception being DEFCON. I will always get swag at DEFCON. I'll get swag at B-Sides, right? Hacker, ha hacker conventions are more like nerd conventions for me. And so I always get swag at those. Like if I go to a Comic-Con, I'm bringing home at least at least a large suitcase full of comic books and t-shirts and and that's not that's swag though. That's collectibles. That, sure. You're buying a lot of that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, buying, I'm buying all of that. Yeah, you're just that's just that's just purchasing at that point. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Technically it's not swag, right? Swag is an acronym. You guys know what the acronym for swag is? I actually don't know. It's stuff we all get. Oh, stuff swag. we all get. So now that you mentioned all the conferences, it looked like lately everyone has some type of cloud. <laughs> Someone like they go and, like I literally am like the church cloud, uh, the food cloud. I'm like, why all this thing? Do we really need this thing? Well, I, I think the question is, do we really need cloud at all? Much less like we absolutely don't need a million different clouds. Like, like, without a doubt, we we definitely don't. Now, the company that does need some more freaking cloud, though, is uh, OpenAI. ChatGPT has been down like crazy. You're going to pay $20 <laughs> a month and take billions of dollars from Microsoft. The least you could do is have infrastructure that stays up and can deal with the load from your uh, from your commercial. Are, your are you down? I'm on the plus and I'm not down. It's been, it's been up and down. They had a 40-minute outage, whatever it was, and their uptime is 98%. Like, are you a premium uh, user? I am in today's day and age. That's not a good uptime, right? Plus, they keep saying, "Oh, hey, it was unlimited." Oh, no, now it's it was a hundred. Now, now it's thirty-five. Oh, now it's twenty-five. Twenty-five, and expect more reduction. Now, I don't hit the cap because I don't really use it that much, but nonetheless, um, I think the question still is, right? Why do we need cloud? Right? Do we really need cloud, and what are we trying to accomplish with it? And since this was not my question, but Paul's, I'll let Paul swing at it first. Sure. So I'm speaking at a conference this week. It is a cloud conference. Shocking. <laughs> and my topic is, um, is it cloud first, cloud only, or cloud also? But I really posed the question in the beginning of the whole sort of talk track is, why do we even need cloud? Like, why is it even important? Why does it matter? And how much are we really even spending on it? Because when you look at the numbers, cloud spend is like 15, 16% of an IT budget. It's not, it's not huge, right? Now, that being said, data center is only 18 to 20%. So it's not hugely different comparatively, but we're talking about capital and non-labor OPEX anyway, right? Sure. But, but still, like the percentage difference isn't really that big. And in fact, when we buy more of cloud, we're actually mostly buying more SaaS, right? Just more applications. And arguably where the applications sit kind of doesn't matter either, right? I could buy applications from a variety of different places. The on-cloud part kind of is a coincidence than the big purpose and goal there, right? So I look at that and say, what advantages am I really getting? Because sure. the... The interesting part about how it all started was it was supposed to be cheaper, right? It was supposed to be um, an economic capability. Oh, and it's become very clear that 
it no longer is an economic value. In fact, it's slightly more expensive on a monthly basis. But if you include the cost to transition, right, the actual cost to migrate, then it blows out the ROI in many ways. Yeah, yeah, the ROI like, becomes infinite, right? Um, yeah. Especially therefore, consider the mistakes that are made along the way. Right. And therefore, yeah. so what? Total if cost. it's not economics anymore, I guess it's agility. I guess it's access to functions and features and services I don't have access to in any other sense. But then one could also argue, well, I can just connect those cloud services to my on-premise services if I had to. It doesn't, it doesn't sound much more than networking requirements, right? So it, it kind of begs the question. And I'm not anti-cloud by any sense. But I'm certainly looking at diversification being a better ideology than cloud only or cloud first. That, that's my proposition. Uh, well, I think I think I think I've said before in this podcast, cloud only is insanity. Um, I, I'm I I can I'm I'm okay with cloud first as long as you have a rigorous kind of second. You know what I mean? Like if cloud first becomes a de facto cloud only, then you're making the same mistake. You're just ignoring the stuff that's currently running on-prem, in which case right. that's ins that's that's just as insane. Um, but I, but I think the I think the premise is broken, right? Um, the the initial value to cloud was it's complex to run this stuff on on your own-prem. Pay us to do it for you, effectively. It was never mm -hmm. the economics are necessarily better. The the unit cost is better. Um, it was you can't you can't add technology at the speed you need to add technology. Let us do it where we can worry about scale, right? Like, and right. And, and I will still argue that the two values are agility, which is a combination of the speed at which you can add capacity and the speed at which you can add capabilities. As in, I can turn up additional things that I already have faster than I ever could on prem. Right? No toys about it. I could add an exabyte of disk in the cloud infinitely faster than I can provision terabytes of disk on-prem. Right? And then at the same time, new capabilities, new technologies, I can add in the cloud. I get the agility of being able to add those in the cloud with theoretical mouse clicks. Right. Right? Um, the second one is reduction in technical debt. Right? The, the simple act of refactoring, the simple act of redeploying my application in a cloud compatible way, right? I was going to say native, but native is not accurate, but a cloud compatible way um, reduces the technical debt within my organization. Even if it's just taking applications that I haven't touched in 12 years that I, I, you know, sacrifice goats to and, and, and um, you know, worship dark, the, the dark Lords to keep running. <laughs> if I'm moving that into the cloud, I've updated my policies, I've updated my procedures, I've updated my documentation, and I have a better understanding of how that stuff runs, and I'm likely not dragging along, you know, all of the debt of 12, 15, 20, 30 years with it. Um, but those are those are it. And, and but, but I could argue with everything you just said, that is only true in PaaS. It's not true in any way in IS. If I'm just lifting and shifting into a world to which I'm controlling a very defined amount of storage and CPU and networking, and it's only going to work for the services that I've deployed on it. It still requires me the same amount of change effort to upgrade. 
it, it, it's not just a couple clicks to add more storage because I haven't designed it in a way to actually consume more storage or consume more. Uh, I don't know. I think that's I think I think that's being a little unfair. Like if you do a lift and shift, you're not yeah. doing cloud. If you do a lift and shift, someone else is just running your data center. That's not cloud. Right. It right. just happens. And, and you're doing it the most expensive and most dangerous way possible. Right. Right. Without a doubt, lift and shift is terrible. Don't ever lift and shift. You're also removing any opportunity to reduce technical debt, and you're pigeonholing yourself in the same design you had before. In which case, you get no agility benefit from it. Right. Right. But so your premise presumes change. Your premise isn't just absolutely. moving to the cloud. It is modernizing. Absolutely. In some respect. In some respect, even if it is yeah. simply a, a re-architect and redeployment of the existing application. Right. right. That's not lift and shift. Lift and shift is is I take what I have, how I have it, and I just pop it down. Right. I may restore from backup. I may do P to V or a V to V migration. Right. Um, but but again, that's because people seem to think that you're going to save money by by going to the cloud. N no. Right. You save money as a byproduct of being more efficient. Sure, I'll buy that. Right. right? Can companies save money? I absolutely think so. When agility and reduction in technical debt are the premises to which they move to the cloud. Now, it's also, as I've said before, why hybrid multi-cloud becomes an actual usable thing. Because once I have everything everything moved out of my on-premise data center, right? I also then have the ability to go, hey, we've learned all this stuff, moving this stuff to the cloud. We've modernized. We've become more efficient, more effective in how we operate. We've likely changed our IT operating model to one that's more kind of cloud focused, more modern in and of itself, right? Our, our operations are built that way. Now, where are we taking no advantage of agility and scale? None, zero. Oh, well, we could probably move those back on-prem and actually have some cost savings because I'm not paying someone else to run it for me and mark it up, mm -hmm. right? In which case, now we start to get into hybrid multi-cloud, which, which is really the place that, that I want to be. Right, running an organization. That's the place that I want to be. I want to have the right application, the right place for the right dollar. And the bulk of my data probably never needs to go in the cloud. The bulk of my applications in an enterprise probably never need to go in the, never need to stay in the cloud. Sorry, the, my data never needs to stay in the cloud. My applications never need to stay in the cloud. I can, because I'm not going to need to scale them that rapidly. Is there such thing as demodernization? I'm trying to think of the, <laughs> the, thesaurus um, response to what modernization might look like. But I, so let's say I modernize my on-premise applications to use PaaS services okay. in the cloud. And now I have felt that I think I can be more efficient and effective on-premise. <laughs> Do I now need to remodernize again to make it work back oh. into a place where it's not consuming PaaS services? Um, well, Possibly, right? But define the PaaS service, right? The PaaS service is a database API. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have the same database API. Like if it's still just SQL as a service, because that's the PaaS, I can yep. do that with SQL servers on-premise. And I'm not having to re-architect my application to do that. Right, I just have to pay differently. Co correct, I consume yeah. very differently and I pay very differently. Right. right? But I still have the ability to do that without without a whole re-architecture, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I've if I've gone to microservices as an example, I can have some or all of those microservices run in the cloud or on-prem, or a mix thereof, right? right? 
Um, and, and, and the way but that the IAC is different, the DevOps will be different because the infrastructure looks different. So eh, more... Yeah, but, but, but it doesn't have to look so significantly different, right? Mm-hmm. K8s is K8s. It shouldn't matter where I run it. Yes, I, I have different, like, like I changed the path that I address it at. Right. Right. But how I go about it should not be that substantially different. Yeah, but K8s aren't serverless, right? That's not PaaS. That's still running IaaS. Uh, sure. If I'm going serverless in all of my functions, then I have to replace those functions somewhere. That is true. Yeah. That is true. I absolutely have to replace them, right? But now you're talking the difference between development and infrastructure. Right. Right. Infrastructure mm-hmm. can still build those in-house and still provide those serverless. I have the ability to run all that stuff serverless in-house. There's very little, there's very little that's unique only to the cloud. That's not also then unique only to AWS or only to Azure or only to Google or only to the cloud in which it runs. Yeah, but there's work there. Is that considered demodernization or just a second modernization? No, I think that's I think that's hybrid multi-cloud, okay. right? In which case, that's that's the the modernization of the infrastructure that to to which you own and have complete control. Right. Um, so and, hearing both of you, I I have probably my my brain is a little bit exploding. <laughs> Can at some point cloud be the answer so you don't have to deal with departments that don't understand your need and you can then, because you just talking about bringing it back. And I was just thinking, well, now the security team going to get involved and now storage team and then all these other no, teams that no. normally they don't talk to each other. No, I wouldn't. I No, the, the goal is to... The, I don't need a storage team in the cloud. I'm not sure why I would why I would maintain a storage team in the cloud. Well, in so the cloud, I, you don't need it. But no, when you bring it back, yeah, yeah. But 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 if I didn't need it in the cloud, and I want my on premise to be as modern as the cloud, why would I recreate a storage team? Right? Because you, like you have a physical implementation. Yeah. Now you have a physical implementation. Sure, you have servers. You have a SAN. You have the different. Yeah, but I don't necessarily need a storage team to do that. Right? Okay. Do, I, do I really need a, a dedicated storage team if I run pure storage? I'm not sure I do. Well, you, you need someone I, that understands that versus uh, a developer that, that could just say, provision me a VM with this or provision me a bucket, and then I drop my code Sure. execute. Sure, but I, I don't generally... Like I, I, we have spent so many decades wasting so much time tuning infrastructure that is so much we, faster than it used to be. I'm not sure I would do that the same way if, when I bring it back on site. I, I'm positive I would not do that the same way when I bring it back on premise, right? If if I could provision good enough storage in the cloud, why can't I provision good enough storage on prem? How much care and feeding does does modern storage actually need? It's not very much, right? And so, can I not simply define the same kind of gold, silver, bronze on prem that I defined in the cloud? Probably it'll require some person to deal with the physical aspects of the data center but yeah not necessarily like, the runtime of the equipment right yeah I, I could outsource that to my storage tam yeah you could colo it all arguably and just have it run in the same way sure but what if so so i buy the premise that everything anything new i build is likely to go in the cloud because i have no migration costs therefore the roi on that should be perfectly fine because right? yep. I'm going to consume whatever services I require to deliver on that particular workload. Yep. And if I'm building something new, the gravity between the applications and data, I can already make separate. And I can ensure that they are, 
you know, running a service serverless environment, that it's microservices, that the yep. data is growing at a different speed, that the applications are great. Um, that all makes sense to me. What still I believe to be true is outside of data center versus cloud is there's still other workloads that are in neither of those two places like edge, right? So I have 10,000 stores, I have 18 mm -hmm. manufacturing plants, mm -hmm. I have multiple countries. Uh, several of my plants are sitting in China, right? That has a different set of legislative and re regulatory requirements. Sure. Um, and I need to ensure that a transaction can still occur at the point of sale when the internet's off. And it's yeah, down. yeah, but that's why, we're starting to call, that's why we're starting to call a lot of that distributed cloud instead of yeah. edge. Like the fact is we have to stop we, we have to stop thinking about all of these things as separate things and get to the cloud seems like a humorous name for it, but go ahead. Right. I, I get it. I didn't invent it. I didn't. I didn't invent the term. Piece of software that runs on a point of sale equipment. I'm not sure I could refer to as a cloud. Yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily refer to that as the edge either any more than I refer to my laptop as the edge. Interesting. Right. Um, like just because just because a transaction occurs at the at what is physically the edge doesn't mean we should think about it as the edge. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not doing the core computation there. I'm still feeding that back to the ERP system that's centrally located. Right? It's still completing a transaction with a consumer, let's say, in that circumstance. Yeah, but but do I then do I then count their cell phone as my edge? The train's still running, right? The bulldozer's still bulldozing. It's still collecting information in the sure. internet, right? But, but I think that's part of the problem with how we've done so much of this and how we think about it, hmm. right? Um, it, it's not. It, it The exchange of bits is not the completion of the transaction. And the POS system is not completing the transaction. The POS system is doing input and output. I guess it's how you define the transaction. From the consumer's perspective in the store, the transaction is complete. I've sure, given but you my credit card. You've taken my credit card. Like, I've walked away with my shirt. Yeah. Uh, I get it. But, but then do I count your mobile phone as my edge? I, I if you, guess. If you <laughs> it wallet, sounds like you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> not, not right? but what, uh, about, what about if you have an app that actually from the mobile device is that it actually make the queries instead of using a middle layer? Do you still not consider that device the edge? Mm -hmm. It, it depends. And probably, well, it depends. Depends on what the app is doing. Depends on, is the app doing the computation or is the app exchanging data? If the app is it's doing the computation... Well, I have an example of both. It sounds like philosophically it, you don't think the concept of edge exists. Was that, was that a fair statement? No, no, no. That's not it at all. Well, so what would, how would you edge. define it then? Um, if I'm doing video analytics and I'm doing compute on a, on a light pole where I have the video camera attached, that's edge. I'm doing compute at the edge. It's where the compute lies, not where the data lies. And that was the whole point with edge. The whole point with edge was I need to move the data close to the edge because that's where the compute needs to run so I can get the results out quickly. But you but, argued against phone and laptop with both. both because have all we're doing is data exchange. I'm not doing compute. I'm not doing compute. The, the phone doesn't hold the record on the inventory, so so it can't check to see if the inventory is there. It has to communicate back to the core, to the ERP. The ERP is the system doing all of the work. That's just a screen and a, and a keyboard. It's a dumb terminal, effectively. It's not doing the work. 
Well, one can't one make that exact same argument with the light pole? No, because the light pole is actually running the video analytics. But that data has to get somewhere else. Just running okay. the data analytics it, on it, the pole for no, the pole's sake? No, no. It, no, value. no, no. That's specifically how the edge analytics works, right? It records the right. video to the computer attached to the pole, runs the analytics, and only uploads the results of the analytics. It doesn't upload all the video. Because I don't right, need all that. Doesn't the upload of the analytics complete that transaction as you're trying to describe it? No, because in the exact same way as you just described. No, because it? it's not what it started as. Hmm. It's a very fine line you're doing this not, description. Not, a, not at all a fine line. Really? If I remove that computer, I have to take all of the data from the video, upload it to the core. I run the analytics at the core. I save the data from the video and the analytics. If I move the compute to the edge. I, I cache the video, I run the analytics, I only upload the, the results of the analytics. I don't upload the, the source video. No one does anything with it, the source video is cached and, and destroyed, I don't move the data. And that's the point of the edge. The point of the edge is I have a limited, uh, I have a limited amount of data that I can move. So if all I'm doing is moving transactions, it's not edge, that's not edge computing. There's no computing at the edge, none. It's simple data movement. Com edge only makes sense when I have to compute at the edge. Purchasing something has nothing to do with edge computing. I'm, I'm, and, I, and it's not actually edge computing. E even in the case where it's an app, even in the case where it's the Home Depot app, as an example, there is nothing about that that is edge computing. The transactions are still core-based. They don't compute at the edge. It's a WebSocket. I'm not doing anything to compute at the edge. But even in that example... The Home Depot app that's on your phone that you're yep. using, yep. not all of that data that it's collecting and processing goes to Home Depot, the server environment. So uh, does it not equate what you just said? So no. so the Home Depot, let's just say, I, having never seen this app, let's just say this app does this. <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't renovate. Right? Okay. Let's just say this app allows you to, in your home, size the home right room by room it allows you to figure out you know what kind of i don't know <laughs> would you require to rebuild whatever you want to build and it's only sending the order of the net result of that to home depot to do the order okay however all of the other data just collected it can figure out still not edge <laughs> so it's still an edge you're not doing it if you're not doing anything with the data then it's still not edge it's just computing locally. There's no edge in that. It is, but it sent the order to no, complete no, no. the transaction to the server. How no. is that distinctly different than only sending the analytical video video content back to the server? Because I can do something with all of the video. If the results of the analytics are, I need to take action, I need to go view that video, the video is still cached, I still use the originating video. I'm just not moving it by default. Again, edge computing. It's not so the fact that a device exists at the edge. It's not the fact. So that you're that arguing about the value of the I'm other data that the device that's collects. The definition of edge computing. <laughs> I don't know. Feels like an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everything is edge, and there's never been not edge. Edge has never, ever, ever been a new thing because, by your definition, literally everything is edge. A dumb terminal used to connect to a mainframe in 1978 was edge. By your definition. Correct. Right, which is incorrect. <laughs>
Actually, no, I think I'd probably disagree with that because you're using terminal services to the act. When you when you use those devices, you're actually viewing the terminal on the mainframe. And what do I do when I view a web page? I'm viewing data from a core server. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the browser on the phone. I'm talking about the app that's sitting but, on the phone. But you are in almost every single app. Almost every single app is a web socket that communicates back to a core server and processes nothing. And in the example that you had, all you're talking about there is an app that has no central interface that has an output to a quantity that it then uses a web socket to check for validity. As in, I use a, an AR app to measure my room. And then I use the same AR app to go, I want this facade. I'm going to do paint and wallpaper as an right. example. Right, it's a remodel app. Yeah, all of that com computation is done on the device. Correct. So there's no edge in that because it doesn't go anywhere. It's just an application. Otherwise, Excel is an edge app. So your argument is it has to be edge to something else. That's not an edge in itself. That is the point of edge computing. So you're arguing there's a distinction between edge and endpoint. That is correct. Otherwise, everything is edge. Otherwise, Excel is an edge application. Yes. And it I is would argue it's an edge application. It is not an edge application. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell you, it is not an edge application. So you would not argue, you would argue that a laptop is, is not an edge device. Not in and of itself, no. Interesting. Nor is an iPad or a cell phone or, or a Nook or anything else. So your definition by it needs to be doing something like you said collecting the data but just uploading what is needed Us, you know by no. that definition is actually making some type of decision that is correct locally that is so correct. Like, if the app will actually be doing something locally that, that is correct then uploading that is correct. So edge then computing was specifically created because otherwise we're moving all this data to the core, then doing computation against the data, then discarding the majority of the data we uploaded and uploading data is very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. So since it's so expensive to move data to the core, we move the compute to the, to the edge, run the computation, upload a subset, the result set, and then determine either discard or, or cache the data. If we're not doing that, it's not edge computing. So a Tesla is an edge device? Uh, that depends. It's that actually like based computing. On your yeah, based on your definition, it's computing, is gathering, is analyzing, and just uploading. If I removed the computer from the from from the Tesla, you I have no car. I get it, but now I feel like you're like you're being disingenuous in how you're. <laughs> no, no, really, I'm trying to understand because then if the if the idea is that I had to process Tesla, it, Tesla is in fact an edge device. If you remove the computer from the Tesla to make the decisions the Tesla makes, you'd have to you'd have to stream all that data back to the core, do the computation at the core. You're likely discarding the majority of the data to send the results back to the car to tell the car what to do. It's not it's not feasible or reasonable. Uh, additionally, you have particular requirements within a car that would prevent that from being able to work, right? Like the, the government would not allow you to do that in the case that you lost network access, the car would no longer work and become a danger to itself and others. 
But yes, I guess I'm differentiating between edge analytics as you're describing. Edge analytics to me is a requirement that. Hey, let's be clear. When you say edge, the technical term is edge computing. There is no edge without the computing. You've shortened edge computing into edge, which is how it's commonly referred to. Okay, but let me let me finish the distinction. So when I think of the term, yep, just two words, edge analytics. I think to myself, what that means is that because of the volume or variety or velocity of the data that sits on a machine somewhere, I have to take the algorithm I normally would have been produced and running in the cloud, and I need to retrofit that to the device so that it can do some analytics on the device because I can't physically move that data to the cloud. That, to me, is edge analytics. Yeah, I differentiate between edge analytics and edge computing, which can be used for more than just analytical purposes. Uh, it might just be used for the running of the machine. No. <laughs> no it can't. Otherwise, again, I, I hear you're disagreeing with me. I'm just saying that's how I. No, I, I get it. But you're between those two terms. But you have just combined endpoint and edge to mean the same thing, and they do not. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I know, but I do not. <laughs> like, I, I, I welcome you to, after the podcast, feel free to look it up. It is, they're not the same thing. Right. Even, even POS, right? Edge POS is not, it's not really, it's not, it's not really edge. It's just a fucking terminal. It's a machine that can perform functions off the internet. Uh, again, though, that's every single endpoint, all of them, everywhere. Other than the ones that use web connections for their apps. No, no, no. That's that's the same definition that you just said. They they perform some sort of thing off the internet. That's every ed, every endpoint device, everyone. Right. right. And so, no, not everything connected to the internet is the edge. Then what would you call those things? Well, it depends on what they're doing. Point of sale device. A point of sale device. It's just an endpoint. It's, so you are differentiating between endpoint and edge. Hundred percent, yes. Okay. And remind me again what the distinct difference between edge and endpoint. Uh, the data and the calculation for the data have to be at the edge. If there the, has to be a different distinction because that yeah. the words you just used describe both edge and endpoint to me. No, no, because I'm not doing anything. Again, Excel is not an edge application. All of that computation is done in Excel and remains within the computer. You want to email it to someone, that's a different action. It's not the same action. Right. Right. I upload that to OneDrive or Google Docs. It's a different action. It's not the same action. Therefore, that's not Edge. The fact that I store the data in cloud storage does not suddenly make that an Edge application. All right. And, but this is the problem that we, always, that, that, that we come back to. We allow these definitions to drift, and then all of a sudden, architecture takes over, and everything's an Edge application. Well, no, it's not. Edge has a specific purpose. And why do we not get an ROI from it? We don't get an ROI from it because we don't understand what the specific purpose and goal was. right? And then all of a sudden, it's at the edge. Oh, well, that's got to mean something. No, it doesn't mean anything. We always had that. So changing the term to edge doesn't mean anything. The boundary of our network doesn't suddenly make it edge computing, nor does the boundary of our control. True. I guess this whole argument started by me suggesting that the 
that it is a perfectly acceptable place to deploy an application to an endpoint because that's where that application might need to be. But but POS doesn't have the application deployed to the endpoint. Pardon? POS Pardon? does not have the application deployed to the endpoint. There are many point of sales that no, you no, no. push no, no. applications uh -uh. No, sir. They have <laughs> the end user piece to the POS. Yeah. The client, but the application is not deployed there. That's the all I mean. Is it's still software that somebody had to code but, and build. And again, I pushed and that device. Every single Java app is Edge. And Java apps existed 40 years before the Edge or 20 years before the but Edge. I'm, all this I'm, existed long before the Edge. I'm just creating a very specific distinction. Okay, So the very specific distinction is this. I could build a point-of-sale application that only works while online in the internet. And I have to go to a website and I have to have a terminal, but I now have a choice to say I could choose to do that or I could choose to also code something that gets pushed to a device so that if the Internet was off, I could still perform limited functions that is in true. a short period of time. I don't have access to the Internet. That, that, that is was my only point. That is correct. You can do all of those things. Yes. Yes. That was what. And, and I think most of retail now operates kind of that way. Right. Uh, yeah. There, if, so I agree. If the internet, I was just taking retail as the simplest example in my head, but I got to think there was a lot of examples <laughs> that follow that pattern, right? Where I could have a choice to deploy this thing exclusively in the cloud that I have to use a web browser and connect to the internet, or I could separate the concerns and deploy it in physical devices. Um, <laughs> I don't use the word edge anymore. <laughs> at, at the device that is most frequently used by the person, it could be an iPad, it could be a laptop, it could be a handheld, it could be a whole bunch of things. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Right? I still have, I still have the, like, the POS still has to have some sort of, let's call it a caching server, for lack of a better term. Right, that that effectively holds the um, the data about the store for whatever the the time period is that you may not have internet, right? Um, and then coordinates amongst all the POS terminals within the store, right? Right, at the very least, agreed. Yeah. The Wi-Fi has to work even if the internet doesn't. Right, right. The local network has to be functioning <laughs> even if you can't get anywhere beyond local. Ultra. And and I I would imagine you probably like I can't imagine that you couldn't do that where every POS is independent. You know what I mean? Like, like each every device terminal, is independent? Yeah, each POS terminal holds enough information about the store to operate completely independently. You know what I mean? So, so it's, so it's effectively N plus yeah. whatever, right? So if you look, if I, you know, if you lose all of them, you're okay. And right. then some sort of kind of quorum methodology to, to determine what's the authoritative transaction like that seems relatively straightforward from an architectural standpoint, rather than having a, a a server a server on location. In fact, I usually use usually say you should be able to live in a world where the internet goes down, but the power's still up. Once you lose the power, close the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't get light in your store, you have a problem. right, right. But but otherwise, yeah, I agree with you. And and yet, I still see in twenty twenty three, I still see. The internet is down. We can't sell anything. Right. That's 100% true. I would say that's poor, a little bit of poor architecture. Right? And and maybe that's what they call, uh, I don't know, POS Edge, because they've that's deployed correct. some sort of caching device 
it's an asinine use of the word edge because it's just an asinine use of the word ed word edge but i guess you could theoretically call it that that's probably what oracle would call their 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 edge pos carlos i'm already exhausted <laughs> this was the first time we had a kind of a fundamental disagreement on the on the podcast in what 150 episodes carlos probably close there but i think that is interesting because that allow someone to see that even though at a certain area there was a disagreement we end up finding a way to try to understand each other that sometimes within an organization or within a team if there's a disagreement all of a sudden is wall wall tree and then you have a problem so I think that that from everything that we discussed there's a lot of uh good things but the best one i think for me is like learn to disagree to agree to disagree so you can then move forward with the conversation. So my friends, make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.